Good morning, everyone, and um, welcome to our first episode of Freebird, a place where we are going to talk to some of my very, very interesting friends and really look at their lives because a lot of them dare greatly, and I'm so proud to call them my friends. And I can't think of a better person to kick off the show than Adrian Kerr. Hi, Adrian. Good morning. How are you? I'm that was a pretty good introduction. Really? No, I, I've, I've yet to talk about how fabulous you are. So, oh, it's gonna um, get, so it's gonna get so it's gonna get better than that. Of course. I is. thought just being I thought just being named named one of your most interesting friends was introduction enough. <laughs> well, usually it is, but in your case, I think I have to try a little harder because um, as most <laughs> don't, go, don't try too hard. I mean, just <laughs> I'm just me, you know. Yeah. Well, so you know they say that life's a daring adventure or nothing at all and i can't really when i think of the word adventure you automatically come to mind uh adrian um for those who are tuning in today i want to share with all of you that from uh starting off uh, so many fitness ventures in uae to currently you know educating the next generation mm. of emirati kids in the uae um adrian's kind of spent long long time in the fitness world but to me what makes him super interesting and adventurous and a little less known fact amongst most of the people who are watching my channel right now is that Adrian is a kite surfer and I've got some numbers here that I find oh my god I mean beautiful he is a podcast uh, recorder and also a live stream host and Adrian has a podcast called Kite Surf 365 which has been downloaded in over 160 countries i mean how many countries do we have in the world anyway is this a bit of know. a i don't know i mean i think it's 160 i think so, it's technically impossible to be downloaded more than but i mean it's it's a, it's a big percentage right yeah 160 countries worldwide and you've been hosting some of the biggest stars in the kite surfing world uh you have a show right now which is called like lockdown and live with adrian and it's twice a week show it streams out to an audience of 90,000 people i mean adrian how fabulous are you um you are oh, this sounds who is this person this sounds amazing Yes, you are born in New Zealand and you call the UAE home. I'm so lucky to have you as a neighbor. I like that I have that fabulousness around me. You love sport, beer, barbecuing, uh coffee and eating. And with no relation to the supermodel uh, Miranda Kerr, but yet no. beautiful and fabulous Adrian, welcome to thank the you. show. Thank you for thank being you. fabulous. <laughs> thank you for having me and and thank you for inviting me on and uh, giving me the opportunity to to share my story. I mean, there's actually uh, a lot more to that story than than meets the eye, right? Because um you know, when you talk about kite surfing, I mean, you put little known fact that actually I played a lot of rugby before I got into kiteboarding. Wow. I only started kiteboarding when I retired from rugby, so for most of my life rugby was my major major thing, you know, and I played all levels I, i i i kept in the uae team out here for many years and played international rugby and so i did a, a i had a lot of other stories and components to my life than than we than than the person you know which is quite interesting right yeah so tell me about your journey i mean how did you navigate all this i mean tell us you know what 
I always say I should write a book, you know, because I, I have so many changes in my life. And I think that's probably a little bit of, about going abroad, you know. I mean, uh, in New Zealand, it's quite big to do uh, what we call an OE, an overseas experience, because we are so far away from the world. Mm. Um, because we are, like Australia, we're down under, right? We're, we're everything as far, unless it's Australia or New Zealand. So um, a lot of young New Zealanders leave the country for a couple of years and come back. I sort of left and never came back, you know. Not wow. that that wasn't the plan, but um, it sort of set me on the path of all this journey that I've been on, you know. And as I said, you know, I was involved in the fitness industry for a long time and always involved in education. Education was the underlying thing that I was involved in, whether it's teaching personal training or classes or whatever. It's all education, right? Then moving through that sector, I'm still really in that sector, but from that, I've diversed into other areas. Now working in education with Emirati, uh, Emirati boys. So I have, I, I, I guess there's been a lot of stories, but the underlying bone of my adventure has always been education. You know, if, if the story is the meat, you know, I've intertwined the meat all the way along at different ventures, whether it's at gyms, uh, you know, fitness companies, whatever I've done, you know, it's all the underlying culture of all of that has been education. So I think that's quite interesting when I think about it now, and I really haven't really put much thought into it, I've had so many adventures in my life. Education has always been there somewhere. What is it about education that draws you to it? I mean, the holidays. I mean, I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, we, we all get into education for the holidays. You know what? To be honest, I, you know, you hear these teachers say, oh, I love the education. I love the teaching. I don't know if I love that part of it. Yeah. Um, there, is the, there is the interpersonal relationship you have with children young men, young adults, which is it's really nice. And I used to work in primary, now I'm working in secondary. And there is something about when you get, you know, these boys turn up as 13, 14, and you watch them grow into men and leave school, you know. Wow. There, is, there, is something, there is something nice about that. I don't know whether I can say that, oh, I love the teaching process. I think, I like, or I think I've always liked the relationship process more, you know, getting yeah. to – develop them and you know I always say that I'm always tough on these guys you know I'm always they always say oh why are you so tough on us because I said because I'm I'm you know when you're 18 you'll thank me for it you know mm -hmm. when you're like they my classes are tough because I I'm strict on the boys because I expect certain levels and in return I look at other classes and they're they say a mess what I would consider a mess and uh I think later on down the line the boys respect that more you know so yeah. I don't know maybe it's maybe maybe it's the relationships I like over the teaching side Look, I, mean, I remember uh, I remember a hike we went on and uh, for those watching I I've never been on a hike ever before and I think you you kind of uh, told me a little bit about you know what to expect before going on the hike and it was Adrian was like oh it's so cool it's gonna be easy and all of that and I didn't even know how to place my feet on the rocks and mm. there you were teaching me so I guess it comes kind of naturally to you like you're like a I think I, I think I came back and I was I said listen Snare, if you don't pick up the pace this is going to be a miserable day for you <laughs> I think <laughs> I I think I was no you didn't say I, that in so many words because that no but I mean exactly I just said look you have to you have to work with more confidence and I and if you if you look at if you look at the underlying life underlying tone of life right you have to walk with more confidence you know and uh, it's I don't I, I don't want to say that it's a metaphor for life but if you are unsure about everything you do, it's very hard to pave the way for anything, right? So you have to, you know, even if you don't know, it's okay to try. So do you think like that because you've spent so much time in your life 
in like sports and fitness, like being a rugby player and all of that, does that make mm. you a better coach uh, in general? Do you think everybody should um, get into sport? Look, I, I mean, I think everyone should be involved in sport to some level, whether it's a 20 minute walk, you know, whether it's a 20 minute walk every day on the beach or with your partner or something like that, you know, I think that's important. Um, does that make me a better coach? No, I mean, th that doesn't make anyone a better coach. I mean, sometimes the best coaches are not the best players, right? And, uh -huh. uh, yeah. Um, I don't think that <clears throat> because you're good at sport makes you a good coach. I think that uh, you have to be passionate about, you're, you're talking about different things. Coaching and teaching are different, right? They're quite different things. To teach someone is different to coach because when you're coaching, you're, you're more uh, building up a skill development towards the complexity of a game. When you're teaching, you're basically teaching core fundamentals across many subjects, if that makes sense. Um, it's probably not a good analogy, actually, but um, I, I, think, I think sport in general gives good core values for anything. You know, I think everyone should be involved in sport to some, to some level, whether you are getting into um, a martial art, which is good for discipline or whatever. I mean, I, th I do think that sport, I mean, listen, the bottom line is that any health professional, I don't care who they are, they'll tell you the, the key thing to better a healthier, longer life is be active, right? Because we have become more sedentary through our time, whether it's our jobs or our lives or our, um, you know, like, uh, the, where we choose to live. So, I mean, I think being active is, is, is baseline, really. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess a lot of us want to be active and go to the gyms and stuff like that. But then I see someone like you and I see someone who's super passionate about what he currently does. And so we just shared with everybody that you're, you've got this kite surfing podcast. Mm. What a unique place to be. And so what attracted you to kite surfing, Adrian, from rugby to kite surfing? Yeah, well, I mean, when I finished rugby, I was sort of pottering around doing a few things. And actually, I got into kite surfing because an ex-girlfriend of mine was a kite surfer. So mm. I started kite surfing through then. And then I just, really, I just got the bug, you know, and just really got into it. Um, the podcast came along because before that I actually had another podcast called the brew and it was a podcast called, uh, it was a podcast where a bunch of guys, two guys would sit down, drink a whole lot of beer and just talk <laughs> rubbish, you know? And to be honest, we actually had some mild success, you know, but it ended up almost costing us our jobs at the time because, oh, wow. uh, because, uh, you know, the kids in school found out about it and just, you know, where we are in the world, it's sort of unbecoming of, the system that we work in mm -hmm. um so that actually was um gave me a, a taste for the podcasting side of stuff um then i got into kite surfing and i didn't do any podcasts for a few years and then i'd go away on these amazing kite trips and one thing about kite surfing that i really enjoy is it brings together people from all walks of life different religions different countries different ages different sort of society groups and uh, brings it together with this love of being on the water, being with the wind, being at nature. And kite surfing in particular has a very um, uh, unique thing about it that it is, uh, you know, if someone's in trouble, everyone comes and help you, you know. There is something about kite surfing that makes it different than other water sports. Surfing is notoriously territorial and, um, you know, you guys in, in the back of the lineup with all their heads down, no one's talking, we're here. It's a lot more, is it just, there's something about it. It's very hard to explain. So when you go on these kite trips and you go to the bar at the end of the day and everyone's super stoked and everyone's trying to share their amazing stories or their successes, everyone's happy for them, you know, having a few beers. And I thought, 
hey, this would be a great podcast to share these amazing stories. So um, at the time when I started the podcast, I didn't really have any credibility inside the industry. Like I couldn't call the pros up. About three years ago. So I'd been writing some time by then, but I hadn't, you know, so when I I couldn't call anyone that I really knew, you know, so I just started calling my friends and whatever, and people I knew did interviews with people I knew and it just sort of built up from there. But uh, a lesson I learned a long time ago in the fitness industry that I always used to tell people is consistency is the key to results. Because if you strive to be perfect, you'll always fail, you know, but if you strive for consistency, you'll always achieve. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to consistently record one episode every single week and just keep working, working, working. And I did that and I started out recording with my friends and blah, 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 and always emailing the pros and testing the pros, come on, come on. And every now and then I'd get one pro would come on and it would be a great episode. And, but I just consistently worked hard and hard and hard and hard. And I, I mean, I spent literally hours and hours and hours emailing and texting and messaging and whatever. Wow. And uh, then I got to the stage where I was like getting, you know, big but but the funny thing it wasn't always about getting the big star in the end I realized because um I always wanted to humanize that pro rider to let people know that it wasn't always a, they weren't different than you and I and then I realized actually you know what it's actually quite cool to have stories from the people as well so I, I would also do every now and then I'd throw stories in about kite schools or kite spots or initiatives that people were doing because I I really wanted the podcast to be about the people and to this day, it still is, you know, although I do get trapped up in having, you know, big banger after big banger, you know, but I, I do try and every now and then try and, uh, you know, I just finished a four part series on a guy called Dave Kay, who's very well known in the industry, but not really well known when it comes to the general writer. So I did a four part series on him and his wife, which is a 20 year, over a 20 year journey, which was something different and, and cool as well. So, yeah, so the podcast is built over time and uh, to, the, to, to where it is now, you know, I mean. Um, there are other podcasts in kite surfing. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely the most prolific person out there when it comes to download, uh, to, when it comes to content going out there, that's for sure. Uh, I, I mean, mean, all the other podcasts I, are good. I, I They're different. I kite surfing to, to well, I met you. I mean, I had always thought of it as something that only daredevils would do. And then they, and mm. the, hey, listen, I, I went to your Instagram yesterday and I saw that on one of your kite surfing trips, you smashed into a jellyfish. And you had like, scars <laughs> all over your face. So I was like, I still, oh. the, I still actually have the scars here. You probably oh can still see the, some of the scars here. Yeah, that was about five. Oh, that was about five years ago. Oh my god! And you still go back? So, I mean, well, actually, that that one wasn't too bad. Actually, that was bad. I mean, it was pretty bad, like five or six days in quite bad position. But wow. I did have, I did get another one on my uh, on my waistline about a year later, and that took that injury took. It was an open wound, and it took. I'm telling you, it must have taken over a year to heal. No, I mean, yeah, I, was, I, I can't even imagine that. Like, it, to me, that yeah, is a nightmare. Bad. That will keep me away yeah, from it the wasn't world. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I look at that. I mean, what you're doing with kite surfing, I mean, not only are you a kite surfer yourself, you're mm. also kind of using this platform for community and for conversation. Mm. And I'm sure you've kind of learned through this process. So, do you find like there are some parallels about what you can learn? Um, what has it taught you really? This entire Well, I think community, you know, you use that word community and that's something I've always said, you know, I said this, uh, a community is everything for me when it comes to the co uh, thing, because I try to, uh, I mean, I think this is a, is a great way to build a community, whether you're creating content for people who are new to the sport or people who are in the sport or people who are interested in the sport. 
all you're doing is any content that comes out, you're strengthening the community, right? Because you are, people are spending more time invested in the sport. I think that is a good for uh, community development, whether it's people are learning more or listening more or watching more, whatever. So content is important for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, what have I learned? Well, I mean, I don't know if there's been any real life lessons to come out of this that other than if you set your mind to do something and you work hard, you can achieve it. I mean, that's the bottom line, really, you know. That's um, a big message, you know. I mean, if you really want to do something and you really and you really believe in it, if you say, I am going to, and this, and the funny thing about this podcast, it's the first time I ever really set, set goals in my life, you know. No. I, 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 I said, I am. Because you're like, I mean, how old are you? You look like not a day older than 18. Uh, but, <laughs> 50. But, <laughs> No, yeah. I, mean, I'm, 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 I mean, listen, I've just never been a goal setter. I've been one of those guys who, you know, got achieved stuff through hard work, you know, but that wasn't like, I never thought that was a goal, you know, like I just, I, I wanted to make this team. I worked hard to make the team, you know, but this is the first time I sat down and said, right, next year, I want to achieve X, Y, and Z. I want to do this. I want to achieve this. I want to do this, 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 and this. And I mean, so far, I mean, realistically in three years, I've had every single, every time I've set my goals, I've done it. Wow. So this year I've set some pretty lofty goals, which maybe I won't think I won't achieve, but because of coronavirus or whatever, but the bottom line is that um, it's the first time I really ever set goals in my life. And that sounds kind of strange to say, but it was really good to achieve them. I, it made, it was like, I was surprised when I looked back and thought, wow, I've actually achieved this. And I've set this year's goals. I'm probably not going to achieve just on the, the yeah. way the industry is. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's it, goal setting is something that I I never really I never really sort of thought much about it because I had had such or so many successes in life as it was. If that makes sense. I, I I sort of everything I really wanted to do I managed to do. So um, this was something different because I was at the bottom. You know, literally I would be calling people and they'd be like, "Who are you?" And but like, oh, I'm starting this podcast and kite surfing. Nobody knew who I was, and. So I didn't. I, 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 I tell you, I never had any. What I'm telling you now, I didn't have any street cred when it comes to the kite surfing world at that time. So I just was like, you know what? I'm going to just do one every single week, one a week for the whole year, and slowly, uh, you know, it went up and down, up and down. The first year was pretty lean pickings, you know, to be honest, pretty lean pickings. What I thought was good back then is nothing now, you know. Like for example, I, I think in the first month I had like 400 downloads. And to be honest, if you think about it, it's actually okay, right? That's a hundred. You're talking about. I did four episodes, and I had four hundred downloads. And if you think about it, it's probably okay. It's like a hundred people. I I mean, I was advertising across every single kiteboarding platform or media or ever, so I was really pushing hard, you know. And I I was thinking. Important to say that you were doing all of this with a full-time job, right? Oh yeah, I mean this. I mean the full-time job. How is that happening, Adrian? Because there are people who are watching you right now and thinking, you know. He's doing all of this. Is it like a full-time full-time career for him or something like that? Mm. And just for mm. all of those, all of you guys to know, when the corona mm. epidemic um, pandemic happened, and when we were thinking that you know no one can go out there in nature, we had Adrian thinking about how to interview I don't know all the kite surfing beautiful women and men in the world, and I I was mm. like, look at this guy, he's so resilient. So how do you kind of you don't have a choice you know it's like you've got to keep pushing on the, yeah. the thing is though the thing is that <clears throat> if you go back to um i think we sort of digress from where we were but um i think if you if you just 
decide to stick to what you're doing and you have a plan, it doesn't matter the outside conditions, whether it's economic or environmental or whatever, you know, you just sort of keep pushing them. Actually, I've sort of picked up the pace a little bit. You know, I go through the highs and lows of doing it, but, you know, in the beginning, one a week was easy. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like eight a month, you know, it's a full-time job outside of my other jobs. So sometimes I'll come home from work and I'll spend, well, maybe four hours in the studio every night, every night, How four hours. How are you doing this? What, what makes, what, what tools are you using to kind of live this fuller life that you have? Well, I don't know if necessarily I've got tools. I'm not necessarily having individual tools, but it's the drive to be at the drive to be at the top, the drive to be the you know this, the the drive to keep pushing even though there's competitors around. To drive the that is I don't want to, I don't want to be known as oh that used to be a good podcast. You know I'm always trying to develop it. So the drive to keep it at the top is is a big thing for me. So for example, one of the big things that I've had to change in the last four months because of the COVID-19 is that I used to be more current. My, my podcast changed into sort of current affairs. You're all uh-huh. sort of, let's say news. Mm-hmm. So as let's say the Red Bull King of the Year is one of the premier events in kiteboarding is held in February. So in February, I do all that. I do all the sort of lead up to the event. After the event, I have the guys who are first, second and third on. So, you know, so it's, it's more what's happening. So I find that you get good return on that come mid-March nothing's happening so I've had to go back to find writers and start sharing writer stories again which is which is great but it's not really what it's not really what I want to be doing you know I really want to be doing the current affairs stuff because it's more topical at the time and I think that I get more return on that mm-hmm. um, I mean the big the big goal was to within you know within the next year to 18 months was to leave teaching and go full-time on in kiteboarding media that's that's the plan um, obviously that actually this lock this whole COVID-19 I hope people are interested in this this is this is uh this is seems a bit we're getting a bit off the point but this whole COVID-19 actually spurned this uh this development of the live stream right so so I pitched an idea to the kite mag to do a or maybe they pitched it to me I can't remember we're sort of talking about it and then they came back and the editor and I spent about a few hours putting this putting this plan together called lockdown and live and what lockdown and live was going to be was going to be a uh, bi-weekly live stream where we get the guys on and put questions out to the people and do a Q&A so a it's easy for me to do I don't have to do any prep I just log on and read the questions to the writer but it just became a new avenue of exposure during these weird times so I'd have the podcast twice a week then I'd have this lockdown live wow. and then recently in the last couple of weeks I've now been judging there's a Polish bikini brand called Neverboard Bikinis no way and now I'm the official that, judge of. Uh, that, that's not a job, Adrian. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, now I'm the official. Ju- I'm official judge of Neverboard Bikinis, uh, Bikini Summer Challenges, which is uh, again been a lot of fun. You know, that's just. I mean, I mean judging a, a bunch of what I can, I can only imagine are beautiful women, right? And I mean that that's that's not hard at all. I'm sorry, you're not getting. It's, I mean, it's a job I take seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to get into the details there. Oh, that's hilarious. So, I mean, I'm looking at you and I, I see someone who has, I feel, uh, a resilient spirit. And I don't know, I mean, uh, whether it's something that's, that everybody has, I, I would like to imagine it is. But if there's someone looking at watching you right now and kind of feels that they have missed the boat 
you know, there, there, could be, there could be some people who wanted to be photographers but are stuck with family responsibilities. There are, you know, people who have walked the straight and narrow and are continuing to, and they feel that they've missed the boat. What would you say to them? Oh, well, look, I'll tell you what. I didn't start kite surfing until I was 38 years old. Think about that. The world champion is 14 years old. So, I mean, I'm completely at the other end of the spectrum when it comes to kite surfing. This podcast I started three years ago when I was 42. Um, that you're never too late to do what you want to do. And that's the great thing about kite surfing as well. I mean, there's guys who are 70, 80 who still kite surf. Um, and I'm just using kite surfing as an example. If you want to be a photographer, get out with your phone and start walking around and taking pictures on your phone and find something you want to take and just do it. You know, that's the great thing about the times we live in, especially in this lockdown. YouTube is the best university. Yeah. If you want to learn about photography, go on YouTube. If you want to learn about writing a book, go on YouTube. If you want to learn about putting up this 3D wallpaper behind me, <laughs> go on YouTube. Everything is on YouTube. So don't ever think that there's you're too late or you missed the boat. It's never too late. You know, uh, I mean, I remember after the 2008 you know, economic crisis, I mean, we lost, we lost everything, you know, in Dubai because we, we got crippled. Our business was destroyed. And we were like, oh, all forlorn. I oh, will never be the same. And some guy said to me, it's never too late. It's never too late. I mean, it, you can do anything you want these days, you know. So you don't have to worry about, oh, you know, if you want to have a hobby or a skill, there's no time like the present. Like I say to myself every year, I'm going to learn guitar, I'm going to learn guitar, I'm going to learn guitar. When the time's right, I'll learn guitar, you know. But a lot of that comes down to me actually buying a guitar. I don't have the time to learn a guitar. I don't really have the time. I've got no time, you know. Um, so and besides, you're already so fabulous. I mean, give us ladies all a break here. I mean, we need some time to digest the awesomeness that is <laughs> But I mean, the, I mean, seriously though, Snare, I mean, if you have time and you're passionate about something, don't watch any more Netflix series. Just do it. Because <laughs> one, and you know what? And here's the other thing as well. Maybe you think you want to do it and you do it. And then after two or three months, you're like, well, that's not for me. That's okay too. You know, it's like Michael Jordan. It's like Michael Jordan said. Michael Jordan said, "Look, you miss all the chances you don't take. You miss all the shots you don't take." You know, so have a go if you like it. Stop. It's okay to say, "Hey, I gave it a go. I really wanted to do pottery, but you know what? I didn't like the mud under my nails, so it wasn't for me." Cool. That's all right. Try something else. And you know, if you look at the most highly successful people in the world, right? They tried everything. I mean, how many times did Richard Branson go broke before he made it? How many times is you know, all these other people had all these other had all these other problems. So I, I, I definitely think that there's no time like today. That's fabulous. Um, I have to ask you, because, you know, uh, kite surfing, just going back to that for a quick second. Um, I'm imagining big waves and sharks mm. and, yeah. and fear, like real physical fear, not something that you just created in your head. Do you have some advice for people I know that you're saying that, you know, go out there and try it and, you know, see how it fits. But mm. for people who are feeling real fear, whether that's to do a task which is physically daunting or mentally challenging, what advice do you have for them mm. about fear, tackling fear? Look, it's, it's hard for me to speak on fear on topics that I, I don't know about. For example, you know, people who struggle with mental health. I, I don't have any reference to that. 
And when people have this, I mean, I had a conversation with a kite surfer and I'm not going to say his name because it's not fair for him, but he struggles with mental health to, to a, such a bad extent. He said, he said, Adrian, I thought, I thought in my worst times, I thought I was right and the rest and the whole world was wrong. And I said, doesn't that not make sense to you? He said, no, when you're in that state, it's, it's, it's your, it's clarity. So I can't speak when it comes to facing mental fears or, or those types of things. When it comes, when it comes to facing physical fears, yeah, that's a tough one because I think everyone's different, right? I think if you want to sort of quantify it to yourself and let's say you're fear of, of heights and you say, oh, my life, before I die, I want to do a bungee jump. Yeah. You know, and you're fear of heights, you know. I think you've got to look at the, you know, if you want to look logically at it and you want to face your fears, you could probably quantify it by going through and saying, well, like, you know, bungee jumping has been around for 40 years and they've had one death. So the chances of you actually dying on that operation might are probably pretty low so you could probably justify it that way um in terms of kiteboarding you're talking about big waves and sharks and stuff no that's just the reality of the wild i saw a shark just the other day just on the on our local beach oh, you know, in the water really um yeah i mean okay. they get a fright they get a fright maybe four foot no so and they're just as afraid as you so Okay. That's I, I, I sort of feel like I'm waffling. I'm going to fly in here. I'm sort of feel like I'm waffling around the subject because I, I don't know if I can, I, I don't know if I can give qualified advice for facing fears. I know, for example, like when I go to Mazera and I go kite surfing down there, and I'm driving the car to the spot, and it's so windy that the car's shaking and the sand's hitting the car so hard it sounds like rain on a heavy rainy day, and I and I'm driving down there and I'm I'm scared, I'm scared for the sessions ahead, but I know that at the end of the day, that stoke, that adrenaline, that thing, wow, it's incredible for me. Wow. You know, I know when I get off the water, I'm literally like, wow, I'm, I'm super pumped, I'm super stoked. Now that's not for everybody. That isn't for everybody. That's not the fear, but whether it's you're afraid of heights and you do a bungee jump, you see that person come back and they are over the moon, right? I've, yeah. I've done a bungee jump. And when I, I was jumping, have. when I was jumping, I was thinking, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done, you know? But at the end of it, it's, it's awesome, right? I so, I, I'm sure that you had a piranha for a pet as a child or something. No. Like a crocodile, crocodile in your back doors and stuff. But it's beautiful. Exactly. I, think, I think what you're saying about fear and kind of facing it and knowing that the outcome of it can only be or is beautiful give us, gives us that opportunity to take that step forward. So I hear you. Well, if, if I ask you, Sneha, what, what, what is something that you're afraid of? Oh, man. How much time have you got? <laughs> well, the rest of the day. So um, I think one of the things that I was really afraid of, and I'm trying to deal with it, is like just the elements, the outdoors. Because, for example, I'm not a good swimmer. I don't know how to swim. I never mm. learned, right? And I look at a guy like you, and I'm like, how is he doing this, you know? So, mm. yeah, the fear of drowning, maybe, because I don't know how to swim, and I don't know how to balance myself. So, I mean... the the bottom line for that, I mean, the fear of that, the fear of outdoors is not a fear. The fear of swimming is a fear. Yeah. The fear of being outside. <laughs> but hey, look, the bottom line: if you can't, if you at the fear of drowning, it's just so simple, right? You go, you get a someone to teach you, and you start learning to swim. I mean, once you and you decide that you say to the swimming teacher, "Say, listen, I cannot swim. See this rock? Throw it in the pool. That's me." <laughs> they, a good good coach or educator, and going back to the education part, will see that. Okay, great. 
Let's get you in the, let's get you in the pool and start looking at floating. Can you float? Teach you how to float. The confidence of being able to float is a thing. I'm um, even let these, even open my door. Now I've got flies in the house. So um, <laughs> learning how to float, you know, so it's again, it's a process of steps. First of all, we teach water confidence. Then we teach floating. Then we teach floating in different positions. Then we teach kicking with the board. Then we bring in the arms. So after a while, you start building up to the end. The person can swim. Mm. I think swimming is a fundamental skill everyone should learn. If you fall off a boat and we're at a party snare, I'll be very upset if I have to jump in the water to get you. But you know what I know that the person that you are, you'd probably do it before. You'd probably be watching out for me. Like that little kook over there, she's going she's gonna to fall at some point and I need to be like, uh, having a le- lot less beer. So listen. Well, I, I mean, I, I mean, I've had to jump into, uh, I've had to save kids all the time in the pool, and I can, I know it's going to happen. I know before see, it happens. See what I mean? You're like the perfect. I, and sometimes I just dive in when I know they're in trouble. I just dive in straight away in all my clothes and pull them out. See, this is what makes you like to me a fabulous free bird because you're just like so <laughs> in the moment. You're so in the moment. So listen, Adrian. I mean, I know that. I know that. Whenever we kind of where you are right now right? If I were to kind of put you in a time machine and say, here you go. And you can speak to the 20 year old Adrian. Yeah. Who I'm sure had locks like yours right now. And maybe not so, like, maybe not so gray. Yeah. But was still like, you know, scoring all the chicks and I'm sure very confident, outdoorsy, whatever. What, what's the advice that you would have given him at the time from what you know today? Mm. Well, I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, the bottom line is that if you if you talk financially, that's a whole other problem, right? I mean, you <laughs> you would say, listen, just be smarter with your money, and and uh, you know, don't try and if the scheme to, seems too crazy, it probably is, you know. But for a social side of things, I would just say, listen, go out and do everything, enjoy everything you can, try everything, um, you know, find something that you like and push forward. Don't, you don't have to follow the trends of what everyone else does because a lot of the time, a lot of people are involved in stuff because it's, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the trend, right? You know, don't need to go to a Friday brunch every single Friday just because everyone else is going. If you don't want to go, there's, uh, and again, here's a good, here's a good one. FOMO is not important. The fear of missing out is not important. You know, and I, I think a lot of people do stuff because of that fear of not being involved in what's sure. happening at the time. And I think that's probably uh, the biggest thing. What advice would I give myself? I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, I just, personally, I'd say one of the, one of the advices that number one, don't worry about what's going to happen over the next 15 years, because it's not till you're 35 that you really actually have a grip on what's happening in life. Mm -hmm. I think up to the age of 35, you don't really know what's going on. You don't really know where you fit society or, or how you're perceived or, or what else is going to happen. So, let you know there's nothing to worry about there's nothing to worry about you know it's not whether you get married or have kids or nothing that's not important the, the reality is that as you get older life becomes easier it becomes more clear and with clarity becomes better decisions right so if you do make decisions when you're younger you don't have to be held accountable for them you know when you're 40 and you, and you make bad decisions that's a different thing you know because when you start making decisions bad decisions at 40 there's probably something fundamentally wrong with you because, you know, these are the kind of things that you should have made. You know, it's like having a pet cat, you know, when they're young, they don't get it. Mm. You know, when they're young, they just, they don't get it. So make those mistakes while you're young. So when you are older, you can learn from them. 
So do you think that your definitions of how you see success today and versus that boy at 20 have changed? I mean, how do you quantify success? You know, what is success? I mean, is, is success financial that success? Is success emotional success? Success is success that you are um, married with a family. I mean, success is anything that you want it to be really like. So, for example, like talking about going back to about the podcast, I think it's successful because I actually set goals for the first time and I realized that, well, I actually achieved what I set out to do. But what's successful? You know, one person's success can be another person's failures, right? Uh, so when I see these books, like, oh, guys, this is success, I, I kind of feel like, you know, how's that? How can someone write about my successes? You know, how can someone tell me to be successful? Because, you know, I may have this, this look and, and believe me, Snare, there's parts of my life are in disarray, you know, but there's certain areas of me that are, uh, that are uh, organized. I mean, I'm particularly messy, you know. You know, that's not, a, that's not a trait I'm very good at, but that's been a trait since I was a kid. My, yeah. If you ask my parents about that, I've been a messy kid all my life. So that's something that I, I've never really mastered. Um, and I doubt I will. I'm a 45. I'm not going to master putting stuff away. I'm just going to master. I'm very good at taking it off and throwing it in the corner. And somehow <laughs> it gets washed, cleaned and put away. I don't know. I've got this magic corner in my house. <laughs> I throw stuff there and it just, oh, and it comes back. Mm. So, so what is success? Success is something that you if you set yourself a target going back to learning a new skill or trade or guitar or whatever you want to do what makes you successful i think success is if you sit you say i want to start learning guitar and the day you pick up the guitar to start learning you're a success whether you master or not it doesn't matter because the bottom line is nobody is a master of anything right i mean the master the, the masters are the one percenters we are the minority you know and it's funny because when I listen to the podcast, it's it's perfectly imperfect if that makes sense, because I don't I don't do a lot of heavy editing. I um I want it to sound more like a conversation. I want it to sound more like it's been recorded, just you and I sitting together. If we must make a mistake, I leave it in, because that's the way the conversation was. Yeah. So I keep it real. I I I, I so when people say, "Oh, you 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 stuttered or you say the word too much." It's perfectly imperfect because that's how I speak. Yeah. It shouldn't, what they should hear is not how other people speak. So going back to that thing of what makes uh, success, success is anything you want it to be as long as you're happy with the outcomes. Yeah. I, I hear you. And wow, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, the only reason why I'm asking these questions is because I, I guess I'm trying to navigate what success means to me as well. And as we grow older, we get more clarity and, you know, we, we see those around us and those who inspire us and we want to hear from them how they've navigated it. So a lot of lessons from you, Adrian, today uh, about giving things a go, about, you know, trying things and not being, not holding yourself back from trying it and being okay to fail. I think very important point there you've made about embracing imperfection. And, you know, frankly, uh, I think everything that you've done with obviously these kind of um, frameworks and, and thoughts uh, and what you're doing right now for the community and the person that you are. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm just so glad that I met you and that you're one of my friends. And um, thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Um, you know, I, I sort of feel like we could keep going for another hour. Yeah, and maybe we should, you know, because uh, <laughs> there's so much to talk about. There's so much to give away. But uh, I just want you to know that 
you know, you are inspiring to me and I'm sure to so many people who are going to watch this and feel empowered that someone out there is doing it and so they can too. So on that note, kisses. If they, want to if they, if they want to follow along, like, are you going to put my Instagram in this? Yeah, uh, so I'm the going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. actually uh, set up uh, your Instagram and your podcast and your YouTube yeah. channel. Also some videos of the beer shots that you took because, you know, everybody needs YouTube channel. No, don't promote that YouTube channel too much. That's a whole <laughs> different side of me. Yeah, but, you know, it's important to see how we fail and fail magnificently. So, um, you know, I don't think that the funny thing about the, the YouTube channel, I don't think it's a super failure. I mean, well, there's 1.5 million views on that YouTube channel, right? So, I mean, it's not really a, it's not really a failure. I mean, it's, yeah. but it, it's, it's sort of come, it's kind of unbecoming of who I am. I'm actually trying to flip that to something else. I'm, I've got a plan to change that to something else called the cool. It's going to be more kiteboarding interviews, but drinking beers. So I love similar, that. but different, same, same, but different, you know? So there's an evolution there. So. Wonderful stories, Adrian. Maybe. I'm so Please. glad that you were the first on, on, on Freebird. Thank you. Kisses. Take Thank care. You. Be safe. <laughs>